As for you two, ever since you arrived on this campus, there's been several mishaps. Now, my instincts tell me it's you, but I can't prove it. Not yet. But I know if I give you enough time pretty soon, you're going to slip up. And then I'll be able to send you back to your miserable existence. I got more at stake than filling. Shopping sprees, copping three. Dudes, fever, ISs, fully loaded. <laughs> Greetings, salutations, sports world. And welcome to the first official episode of Family Feud Sports, where two lifelong sports journalists who are also father and son intensely debate the week's hottest sports news. I'm Chris Dell, your host. Next to me, a legend who needs no introduction. But I'm going to give it to you anyways. The legendary Alan Dell, former NFL insider, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer, former sports award-winning journalist, former coach extraordinaire. We've worked together. We've worked for rival companies. We've intensely debated off the air. And now we're bringing it on the air and hopefully involving you guys in the process, too, as the audience. Welcome, Mr. Alan Dell. How are you today? Hey, it's good to be here. Ready to go at it anytime. All right, man. Looks like we want to jump right into things. Big basketball fans here. LeVar Ball was unhappy with the way things were going in a game he was coaching on Saturday, so he pulled his entire Big Ballers AAU team off the court and forfeited it. The forfeiture came during a playoff game at the Double Pump Best of Summer Tournament in Anaheim, California. I just want to now bring it back full circle here to you, Mr. Allen Dell, Mr. Coach Extraordinaire. You've coached at almost every level, right? Yeah, I've coached uh, rec ball, AAU ball, travel ball, high school ball, and... Uh... I tell you, I have some mixed feelings about what LeVar did. I think it's wrong. It's bad for the players. If you're going to coach basketball, you got to realize you're going to run into terrible referees. You're going to run into biased referees, and you're going to run into referees who get intimidated by the crowd. If you can't deal with that, you shouldn't be reffing. Point well taken. At the same time, I have to admit, there have been times I wish I could take a team and walk off the court, but I never did. And one time in high school, I really wanted to, but it really sends a bad message to the kids. And I don't. I wonder what the kids on his team are thinking. They're up 69-60. That's a pretty comfortable lead, and, it, and he does that. I, I mean, I don't know how they feel. I don't know how their parents feel. Maybe kids that are never going to play college ball on that team, but, and they can't feel too good about it. I, th- I think that was a bad move. I, I like a lot of things LeVar did, but... That's not one of my thing. It was almost a cowardly move. Let's just look at what happened after the fact. He he tells his team to walk off outside. He's got reporters asking him questions. He answers a couple questions in his you know bravado type of attitude, and then he goes over and takes pictures with fans. Like he's the biggest celebrity now. I'd like to know really. You look at social media analytics and data, the buzzwords, and who's more viral? Is it Lonzo Ball or Lavar Ball? I think the dad's enjoying a lot of this, but when does it come to a point where he's enjoying it too much and setting a bad example for the kids who aren't grown yet to really know the difference? It seems like Lonzo Ball isn't really phased by all this. But what about Lamelo Ball? What is he? 15, 16 years old. He's a UCLA commit. The other ball is still in college. Uh, I think even for the players that are on LaMelo's, the, the players that'll never go to college, right? The players that'll never be five-star recruits or go D1, 
Uh, what about those kids? Like, what type of example does it send for them? And 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 do, are they going to take that attitude into the next job they get outside of school? I mean, that's that, that's the kind of stuff where it's like really setting a bad example from someone now who has more influence and and power over you know a lot of people more than he used to. I mean, that, that that's really what what worries me is how far is Levar going to take this? Yeah, it reminds me of when he criticized those, some of those players on UCLA as being quote. Slow white guys. I I just think he stepped over his bounds. I think it's bad. It just sets a bad example for the kids. Some of those kids probably wanted to go on. They wanted to go on and play for a championship. And some of the best things I remember as a coach is to say, well, I won this game despite how bad the officiating was. Right. You're up by nine points. A Uh, chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Are you surprised none of the players got got upset or well, tried they, tried to go against him while they were walking did. off? Maybe they did, but I don't know if anyone. It's pretty hard to get in any kind of words when he's talking. You know, they, they could have been very upset, especially when that parent. What about the parents? Oh, I says it's all good. Yeah, I'll go holler at him, son. Oh yeah, uh, Bill. Bill. Hmm? Did you just call me son? Word. Word. You get to a point where, you know, we've seen LeVar Ball taking players that aren't even his, taking players away from the coach during halftime, during games, and go, and ripping on them. But when you see him coaching his own team and they can't even finish a game and you're just going to quit, um, I think that goes to Shaquille O'Neal's Mr. 2.1 points a game. I, you know, where's Michael Rappaport when you need him? That's what I want to know. I want to see a video from you, Michael. Come on, where's it at? I think this is just r- bad for the game. And when, when you have social media magnifying an issue like this, I don't think we've ever seen anything like it before. Yeah. I mean, just from a, not just from a basketball coach perspective, but what, from a father's perspective. I think it was terrible what he did, but... Is this the first time LeVar Ball's crossed the line? Uh, I think he crossed the line when he criticized those UCLA players, saying their race had something to do with why they weren't good players. Point well taken. He said some things you really question, but but on the other hand, he's he's made his three subs and a good basketball players. Apparently, they're really good students in school and they don't get into trouble. Maybe he's feeding off of himself. Maybe he's swallowed up by his own ego. It seems that way. He just loves the camera. He's got a... Passionate love for the camera that's uncontrollable. It's amazing. I think Kyrie is he's another one that's swallowed up by his ego. Apparently, being the man is more important to him than winning championships. I, I get this feeling. He looks at Russell Westbrook, sees a guy who won the MVP, despite the fact that his team finished sixth and got knocked out in the first round. And I think that's what he wants to do. Kyrie Irving... And Deion Waiters, the two big gunners before LeBron arrived, were, were horrendous. Me. I mean, they they were just terrible. Three straight losing seasons, and it looked like street ball. The thing about Kyrie that, that I can't forget is uh, the last time I looked, and he hasn't changed it, he was saying the earth was flat. So you about to get your ass in the trap. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of the rumors, recent article today, a report from CBS by Colin Ward-Henninger at Colin CBS Sports on Twitter, the Cavs' Kyrie Irving was upset that he was included in both the Paul George and Jimmy Butler trade talks. Uh, the point guard's unhappiness reportedly helped lead to his eventual trade request. What followed was a whirlwind with the Cavs putting forth a series of trade packages looking to acquire either Butler or George. Some of these talks included Irving, which weren't reported before the trade request came out. So looking at this from a perspective of Cleveland, what are they going to do to keep LeBron, right? And people all over the place saying that it's going to be the Lakers. What do you, what do you think so far? What, what do you think is the best option for Cleveland? Well, you know, that one trade people were talking about, uh, Isaiah Thomas, first-round draft trip for the Nets, Jay Crowder going to uh, – 
Cleveland for, for Irving. I thought that was pretty good for Cleveland. Why not? Especially if, if LeBron leaves. Isaiah Thomas and a first-round pick, which is probably going to be a lottery pick for the Nets. I think you got a lot of Celtics fans who think that Isaiah Thomas is better than Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Then why would you make that trade and also give up another key player plus a number one pick? Well, I don't know from a Celtics standpoint if that's even realistic. Well, Kyrie's a lot younger. He's 20. Isaiah Thomas is over 30, going on 31. So from a youth standpoint, Kyrie's a better choice. It somewhat reminds you of maybe when Kobe didn't want to play with Shaq anymore. Get along, I think. But Kobe, Kobe even said he wanted to be his own man. Point well taken. Well, you're looking at if, if Kyrie Irving is on your team and you have a team that's in the playoffs contending for a championship, I don't know if there's any other player in the NBA you want more on your team with the ball in his hands than Kyrie Irving. I mean, just what he did alone, helping bring the Cavaliers back from 3-1 to one down, arguably one of the greatest performances in NBA history. I thought it was more impressive than even LeBron James' performance from the standpoint of Kyrie didn't have the expectations LeBron had going into that and what he did in game seven those clutch shots he had the clutch shots that he's hit in every big win that the Cavaliers have had over the last few years Kyrie Irving stock I mean obviously has gone up but you look at that trade from Boston's perspective and Cleveland how could Cleveland not take that deal you're looking at the number one pick in 2018 a guy named Michael Porter who's been consensus number one for over a year now and Isaiah Thomas a guy who can put up 30 points a game and lead your team in scoring plus another perimeter wing defender and lockdown defender in Jay Crowder, you have to be crazy if you're Dan Gilbert, whoever the hell their GM is now at this point, to not take that deal. See, I just out-crazied him. You have to out-crazy people. People come up to you and know you, know them more. Right? I mean, or, or, or is Bledsoe and Mello a better option to get? For Cleveland? Mello needs to get out of the Knicks. He wants to leave. He needs to leave. It's better for the organization. It's better for Porzingis before he... He starts getting into his head, what he's done for the... He owes the Knicks. Now he's talking about, he, according to reports, he only wants to go to Houston. He doesn't want to go to Cleveland. He, I mean, he's taken enough from the Knicks. I must have seen almost every Knicks game last year. He can't finish. We got, we, got, we got a Knicks fan in the house, in case you didn't know, guys. Yeah, I mean, Big Knicks you know, fan right Jersey here. Jersey guy, right? I lived, I uh, grew up. You watched the Knicks win their championships, didn't you? Yeah, Walt Frazier. Willis uh, Reed. No, I grew up close to West Orange where where Kyrie Irving's from so I, I understand that that's uh hop skipping a jump to Madison Square Garden so I, I understand why he'd want to go to the, go to the next hey, wait a minute I ain't coming over there Irving's a good player but sometimes he goes off on these shooting tangents and he forgets that there's four other guys on his team and we've seen that I remember the first game that Le- LeBron played for Cleveland Irving and Deion Waiters were jacking up shots like Remember they were playing me? at the playground. He said, wait a minute, you can't play basketball this way. And supposedly uh, Irving didn't like that, but it was true. Are you saying Irving wants to be the next Westbrook in terms of yeah, I, I think he does. averaging a triple-double and winning MVP? To me, or does uh, he want to win another ring? Because I think he wants to. You be- go to New York, you'll be the next Westbrook and maybe win an MVP well, and go to the maybe. playoffs. If you go to the Spurs, for example, which I would love to see – you're, then you're talking about dynasty. Kyrie Irving and Kawhi Leonard in the same starting lineup with Greg Popovich as coach could be a dynasty and beat any team the Warriors throw at them. Mark my words, if it happens, I don't think it's going to happen. But maybe, you know, that's what it is. Does Kyrie Irving care about the stats and the wards, or does he care about winning more rings? Because the Knicks and the Spurs, that's night and day right there. How about we ask Kyrie Irving, uh, Kyrie Irving a question real quick. Are you going to leave us like LeBron left us? It's a, it's a great question. Um, no. 
I won't leave. I'm not leaving. Yeah, so, um, so much for that one, right? Alrighty. You can throw the criticism at him that he only won 30-some games a year when he was the main guy. I would argue that he hadn't learned how to play the game the right way at that point, that he's improved tremendously in the last few years on his, from a personal standpoint, and that paired with a guy like Porzingis in New York, it, you know, they could make some noise in the East and be a top-four seed. I, I don't think they could challenge for a championship bid at that point with the way Boston is looking and with the way Cleveland could still be with with LeBron James just next year, you're looking at transitions being made, moves being made in the NBA right now to where, hey, maybe the Warriors road isn't going to be so easy the next couple seasons. And that's what I love to see as an NBA fan. I think a lot of us got our kind of hearts ripped out this year where the Warriors made it look so damn easy. Uh, now with the team starting to stack up against them with Boston adding players, with Cleveland potentially adding players wherever Kyrie goes, them adding players. I think you're starting to see some actual competition here where the Warriors might not have a cakewalk for the next five years, which which is really, I want to see somebody just challenge them. The, the, the guy you wonder about there is Clay Thompson. Maybe, maybe if anyone in this league should be feeling, wait, I'm not being used to my optimum. Maybe it's... Uh... Clay Thompson. I mean, there's a few other players that could be still moved around, but is there any other player out there that could be moved that's really going to make a difference? Because, come on. What about Upchuck Kamalu? What does Frank Isola have to say about all this? Boy, what's up? Oh, you mean the worst uh, sports writer in the history of New York City? The man that had that personal vendetta about Phil Jackson. What, what, what kind of beef you got with Frank? I just say he's the worst sports writer in the history of New York City. Oh, man. We got, we got some blows being made on the air here. I've already said what I think of him. He should go back to journalism school. My or man! ethics school, that would be good for him. Alrighty. So I guess that comes into the overall picture of the Knicks. And you don't like Frank Isola because you love the Knicks. Well, I, no, I wouldn't say that. Like I said, Phil, Phil, gets, Phil had his share of mistakes. No one would argue that, but he, he was just... But that's, that's your job as a sports journalist. Yeah, you got to go after him, especially when you're with the Daily News or the Post, right? It, it was overdone. And that's one of the reasons I think Phil didn't want to talk to any of those guys. If Frank Isola wasn't at the New York Daily News, if he I wasn't mean, in New York covering the Knicks, would Phil Jackson still be here? No, I, well, I wouldn't give him that much credit. <laughs> I'll call you back. How you doing, Dean? How you doing? How you been? I see you're checking out my gear, right? Pretty tight, right? No, actually, it's rather baggy. It's fat, it's dope, it's cool, it's boofy, man. So please do, give me your opinion on O.J. Simpson. Well, a couple of things. I was very fortunate to meet him and spend some time with him. I was a up-and-coming young buck reporter in New York City. Uh, he was with the Buffalo Bills, and there was a game at Chase Stadium. I was in the locker room. He had done all his interviews, and it was just me and him there. And he was really kind enough to talk to me for about 15 minutes, just me and him. He didn't have to do that. I always appreciated it. He was the nicest guy in the world. And then the murder happens... I don't know how many years later. That was just devastating. I, I don't think young people today in their 20s understand O.J., what he meant like to the African-Americans. He was the first black man that, that really was able to do commercials on a high level. He was loved by everybody. And, and when that trial happened, I believe everybody wanted him to be innocent. The person I really feel sorry for out of that whole thing is Ron Goldman's dad. I mean, first of all, his son was forgotten. The trial was about O.J. and Nicole. 
and this guy's son was murdered and, and he was really forgotten about it and, and now this happens where he's getting out of jail on a different charge. I feel sorry for him. Apparently he got into cocaine from everything I read and maybe that's what triggered the incident off, but it's hard to believe he didn't commit those murders when you look at all the evidence. So you met him, you, you said he's one of the nicest guys in the oh, world. When I met him, he was one of the nicest guys that day. So like, what does that mean? What does that go, to, does that give him any credit now that he's over 70, just gets out of prison, on parole? You think he's gonna go back, right? That's what most people, that's what, that's what Vegas is putting I, the bets on. When he was acquitted for those murders, he was young, still of the party in nature. I, I don't see that happening to him again at 70 years old will he still be a part of the sports conversation or that's or not unless until he gets in trouble or if he gets in trouble i don't think he will unless he writes a book or gets on tv or something what do you remember about i mean just any any details any any juicy specifics i remember this is an lj directly I, i happened to be in vietnam at one time and uh i was talking to a couple african american soldiers and we happened to get a replay of a USC football game. And I remember one of the guys saying to Mexican, he said, they're going to kill that guy because they were running 35, 40 times a game. You don't see that much anymore. And I remember him saying that he's, they're, they're going to kill him. You know, he was, again, running the ball 35, 40 times a game for USC. You wonder about what, what kind of brain damage he had from all those carries. Did the same thing in the NFL. Did that contribute? To him becoming allegedly a cocaine act, did it contribute to uh, what happened with his wife? I only spent 15 minutes with him again. He was the nicest guy in the world. He didn't have to do what he did. And then the last thing he said to me when I was getting ready to leave, he said, do you have enough? You know, meaning enough for the interview. So I, I really appreciated that. O.J. Simpson was a movement. He was more than a person. He was a movement for black justice, for justice for African-American men and getting ingrained in society. I worked in a prison <laughs> among my many jobs. And I don't know if they'll do this, but inmates, when they know somebody's short or when they know they're near parole, they try to get him in trouble because they, they're jealous that he's getting out. You hope that doesn't happen to him. So it could, could we be seeing another prison break season coming out soon on Fox starring O.J. Simpson? Yeah, that would be good. Let's get Michael Schofield out, Sucre, Teabag. Hey, let's do it, man. Any any final words before we depart from, from the legend? No, it's, it's been great talking to you. We've been debating all of this for so many years. Some of our debates almost came into fisticuffs, but we managed to stay away. Let's just, let's just put it this way. You haven't heard nothing yet. Right. Signing out. This is Chris Dell. This is Alan Dell, Family Feud Sports. We'll see you guys next time. Okay. Living the dream, baby. I swear to God, don't get it fucked up. Cause you can't knock the hustle But do you think you want uh, uh, Damn Out of state where I drop my sling I'm deep in the south kicking up top game Bouncing on the highway switching four lanes Screaming through the sunroof money ain't a thing Your worst fear confirmed Me and my fam roll tight like the firm Getting down for life is right You better learn why I play with fire you burn We get together like a choir To acquire what we desire We do dirt like worms Produce G's like sperm To legs spread like germs I got extensive holes with expensive clothes And I sit fine wines and spit vent this flows, but y'all know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause you can't knock the hustle.